listening to the Back Row Rewind, a condensed show featuring just the main segments of the week's Back Row morning shows. and shine nerds you're tuned in to the back row morning show proudly a part of the love thy nerd podcast network i'm radio matt and i'm mo we're caffeine fueled and ready to talk your ears off this week on the show we're going to take a deep look at nfts why they are both pointless and also extremely important it's a new day yes it is Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up and at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. Nerd! What's up, my nerd? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd. And, uh... I'm pretty proud of it. We're going to move into our main topic for the week by starting with a kickoff discussion with our Discord. So as our Discord chat is populating by those who want to join us today, let me explain what we will be discussing this week. For the last couple of years, one thing that the world has talked about almost as much as the pandemic has been NFTs, or non-fungible tokens. This week, we're going to look at just what they are, the current issues with them, and how they might be the future of nearly everything. Uh, before we get started, we have one back row bud in our chat, and that is uh, Duncan, Mr. Tad Hall. Tad, how are you doing? I'm doing it's early. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually when the morning happens. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's my sleep in day, so, you know. Well, I appreciate you ruining that for us. <laughs> Thanks for being committed. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, Tad, have you ever bought an NFT? Uh, no. Have you ever desired to buy an NFT? No. Good. That means you're yeah. on the you're on the right track. <laughs> well, yes, I've done a lot of research before getting yeah. into any crypto um, fungible object. Funges. <laughs> fungible mushrooms. Uh, so we asked we asked the question in our Discord prior to recording, and, and uh, most of the responses we got were similar to nope. And a lot of them said I never really looked looked at them or, or looked into them. DJJ Shane told us that he won one uh, from a music artist in a contest, uh, and it was like an animated version of a cover for a single that the artist released, so like a GIF, I guess, of the album cover that moves in some way. Um, he doesn't believe that it's actually worth anything. Uh, Trombone, Do Trombone Dalek in our chat says she has a friend. Uh, who has a side job making NFTs, but they haven't really talked about them uh, for a bit. Uh, now, the real question for the one man brave enough to join our Discord this morning is, can you tell me what an NFT is? Like, can you explain it as best as you understand it? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Oh my goodness. It is hard. Like this is yeah. a difficult thing. Okay. Um basically it's like you bought a piece of a copyright that you do not own. <laughs> That's not uh, a bad definition. <laughs> so in that you do own um the rights to be able to do whatever you like with it except for um, copying it because it is not still not yours, but to frame it, to post it on different areas, it is yours. Right. Um, it's like, uh, here, it's like everyone bought the Mona Lisa on Etsy. There we go. <laughs> no one owns the Mona Lisa. It is Leonardo da Vinci's. Right. Um, but I can go on to Etsy and buy a copy of the Mona Lisa and have the Mona Lisa to post anywhere I like. <laughs> but I can't sell the Mona Lisa, my copy of the Mona Lisa, because I don't own it. I can trade it. Right. Okay. 
There we go. So in its current watered down definition form, an NFT is a piece of digital art that you can buy and sell the digital rights to. In a way, you that, can't sell because you don't own it. No, you can sell the digital rights. Hey. Tad yeah, just you said, can sell okay. your own rights to okay. it. You can't sell the original. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So just know, because <laughs> I have a copy of the Mona Lisa does not mean I can't. I can sell the original copy of the Mona Lisa. But you can sell your copy. Right. Yes. Got it. Not really. But okay. <laughs> cool. But I can't copy my uh, piece to sell. Also, so okay. I can't like make multiple copies of my Mona Lisa to sell. <laughs> Correct. This is, I like this analogy. I'm, I'm running with I'm it. I'm sticking with the Mona Lisa thing. All right. Yeah. So in a way that I will explain further in the next segment, it is almost like digital beanie babies uh, and in mm. more ways than one. NFTs can be many things, but right now most NFTs are pieces of digital art, uh, but they are also mostly like, lame pieces of digital art. Not because they're bad looking, though many are, but because they are kind of lazy. These digital artists create one outline of an animal or something and then just create hundreds of variations of that one piece. Different colors, different outfits, different scenes. That's what most NFTs are right now. Nickelodeon, for instance, is selling NFTs of Rugrats and Hey Arnold characters. Uh, and of these, they're like in different facial expressions. Some of them are wearing party hats. Some of them are wearing sunglasses. You know, it's just little variations here and there and then mixtures of those variations, you know, infinite. It's like Sonic having, you know, 60,000 different drinks because you can mix the different flavors and, you know, all that. That's essentially what they're doing here. Okay. They're also selling mashups, horrifying mutants that are half Rugrat character and half Hey Arnold character. And these cost way more. So I went to OpenSea, which is one of the largest NFT marketplaces, and scrolled through several, and I mean several, NFT collections and the prices that these things are listed for. Most common NFTs are on the Ethereum blockchain, Ethereum being a cryptocurrency kind of like Bitcoin, uh, and blockchain being something that I'll explain later. Currently, one Ethereum converts to about 1,702 US dollars. So for instance, the cheapest Nickelodeon NFT is Phoebe from Hey Arnold in a birthday party hat at a duck bill with a mild shocked expression, giving a thumbs up. It costs 0.0234 Ethereum. So about 40 bucks. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> let me explain to you about 5KM Genesis sneakers. This is one of the first NFTs I want to share. These are pieces of digital art that are just different color variations of one design of one 8-bit sneaker shoe. No design changes, not a single pixel difference between the roughly 1,000 shoes, just different color palettes. Currently, the cheapest one for sale is 0.04 Ethereum, or roughly 68 bucks. I think that's already a lot for an 8-bit shoe. It's kind of dark teal and violet with a green sole. However, one of the most expensive ones for sale is a purple and mustard-colored one with a baby blue sole. That's being sold for 9.9 .9 Ethereum, or nearly $17,000. Okay. Are you disappointed already? I'm mm -hmm, very much so. <laughs> I think disappointed is an understatement. Another collection I saw is Wassies by Wassies. These are platypus, platy, platypuses, platypi. Platypi. <laughs> is it really platypi? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I really, I really thought it was platypuses. <laughs> I didn't know it would follow the same thing as Octopi. Ted, I am so glad that you are here because if it was just the two of us, he would be like, no, it's not Platypi. There's no, no way it's Platypi. It's Platypuses. No, it's not. It's Platypi. Thank you, Tad, I, for showing up. That's yeah, your hypothetical I back, situation. I'll back you up anytime when it comes to the one, English language. One basic Platypus design that is 
uh, recolored, reskinned, and put in different backgrounds. That's all it is. Uh, it's given different accessories or chest emblems or facial expressions, but still basically the same design over and over. To get in on the ground floor, you'll need to shell out 0.6 Ethereum for a pink and white genie platypus with a star on its chest, a teal face mask, and a donut on its head. That is $1,021. That's the cheapest platypus in this art collection. But if you really want to flaunt your wealth, you can go for one that features an X-rayed platypus where you can see the skeleton sitting in a boat with a leak uh, on the water where a sea monster is about to bite the boat from the bottom. And the platypus has a diamond on its chest and now it has a donut on its head as well. This one goes for 15,000 or sorry, 1500 Ethereum or 2 million five hundred and fifty three thousand dollars perhaps the most well-known and successful nft collection is the bored ape yacht club this is an ape head drawn a couple thousand different ways again just like the platypi Different colors, expressions, and accessories, because these are extremely popular. The cheapest one that you can buy right now is an angry-looking brown ape in a skeleton t-shirt for 71.71 Ethereum, or about $122,000. The highest listed one is set for like Ethereum, but I'm assuming that listing is a joke since this gray ape and a caveman leotard with a blindfold on would cost you $170 quadrillion, which is roughly 680 times the world's total net worth. But the next thing, the next listing is for... $69,069.69, which is also a joke, but much more attainable price of nearly $12 million. For this price, you'll receive the digital rights to a golden ape with one of those Julius Caesar leaf crowns and a shoulder strap of bullets. $12 million, Mo. That that is much more attainable. (laughs) Has this helped explain NFTs at all? No. Or why the heck you should care? I'm going to bed. I don't know why I woke up for this. Okay. I'd, I'd love to jump in if I can. Go ahead. Okay. Please. So, yeah. So, there's there's different... Uh, this is where, yeah, NFT really gets kind of murky um, and, and confusing. Because there is basically, like you're saying, the Thai Beanie Baby side mm-hmm. and the actual artist side. Right. So... Yeah, you're. We're looking at um, basically overhyped pieces of unoriginality, trying to be uh, traded up for a higher valued uh, piece. Right, and that is the whole trading side that's actually really uh, caustic, not only virtually but also environmentally. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, this whole thing about uh, trading and selling things at just ridiculous amounts because they have no um, bearing on actual uh, monetary value, they can be set at anything. Right. And so, yeah, people start at the lowest base just so they could trade up, trade into different other basically trading cards or beanie babies and like what you said earlier you're not buying the original artwork you're buying the rights to use it and so what most people wind up doing with this is just making it their profile picture like it's not like (laughs) there's anything particularly special you can do with these pieces of uh except for the uh the monkey uh yacht club the what is it board ape yacht club yeah, the Board Eight Yacht Club. They actually have a club that, if you re- uh, show your NFT, you're allowed into the club. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are different um, NFT tra- trading. Yeah, uh, there are there are groups and stuff. Utilize their their um, their collection as a way to be involved in something. I have a coworker that's involved with a um, one that helps clean up the ocean type of thing. So if you buy an NFT, you're helping to clean up the ocean, but also they have a little kickback if you own 
certain uh, NFTs that they sell, and it's all uh, Davy Jones, Crockin Face, dude. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, and none of this is for, for me to say that there's not going to be some NFTs out there that are are doing good or accomplishing good, or even that there are some that are worth uh, owning. But it is largely overrun yes. by things that appear to be get get rich quick schemes or things of that nature. And we're also going to talk about like rug pulls and stuff this week and how in the end a lot of these are going to end up like Beanie Babies as in a bubble is going to burst as what NFTs are truly supposed to be kind of comes into fruition. Um, we're going to make you come back. Uh, for the next segment, we're going to be talking about what NFTs really are. But before we end this segment, let's cycle back to Nickelodeon's NFTs because uh, I never shared with you their current most expensive NFT. Uh, it is Lil from Rugrats with an angry expression. She's wearing a pink bike helmet, pink triangle sunglasses, and holding a bottle of chocolate milk, which is really bad for babies. <laughs> Who wants to guess the price? Mm-mm. Tad, you have a guess uh, for how much it's going for? $56 million. It is going for 40 Ethereum or $68 million. So you're not too Gosh. far off. $68 million for this terrible looking Lil from Rugrats. That preaching a really heart. bad message because like it'd be really cool to own like original artwork of of like rugrats or yeah. something and if that was like a virtual nft that's fine but like to yeah overproduce and make it into this fad thing mm -hmm. it's kind of sad like that kind of <laughs> yes. kills my childhood <laughs> Well, Tad, thank you for jumping in with us for this discussion and uh, reacting you. along with us. And uh, enjoy the rest of the show, my friend. Oh, I will. Absolutely. <laughs> Get yourself another coffee. Thanks for speaking for me, Tad. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> bye. bye. Bye, dude. Bye. So this week we're talking about NFTs, and we went over the kind of basic overview last time. We went through some examples. Uh, but this time we're going to do our best to figure out exactly what NFTs are. So let's see if I can explain. And uh, Mo, I actually have like a set of questions here. If I you just want to be the, be the questioner, and I will try and give a... A solid answer. All right. So I'm starting. This. Yeah. What ahead. does NFT stand for? So uh, as we discussed last time, NFT stands for non-fungible token. Uh, and non-fungible more or less means that it's unique. It can't be replaced with something else. So like a Bitcoin mm, is fungible. You trade one for another and you'll have exactly the same thing. But non-fungible is essentially like a one-of-a-kind trading card. Like there's only, it's one of one, only one produced, only one sold. It's traded for, if you trade it for a different NFT, you have a different NFT. You have a different thing. They're not the same thing. They're not the same value or they won't remain the same value. All that kind of stuff. It's completely different. So just the one, essentially. How do NFTs work? So at a very high level, most NFTs are a part of the Ethereum blockchain, uh, though other blockchains have some of their own versions of NFTs. Ethereum is a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or, or Dogecoin, um, but its blockchain also helps it keep track of who's holding and trading the NFT. So it's kind of, the blockchain is essentially, and I'll, I'll dive deeper into that later, but it's essentially a way that all these records are kept. And the way the blockchain works, it's pretty reliable and pretty protected against like hacking or theft or things of that nature. What can be an NFT? So NFTs can be anything digital. Uh, drawings, music, your brain downloaded and turned into an AI. <laughs> That's a joke from The Verge. Sorry. Uh, but most of it... get that. Most of it... <laughs> like, well, we've talked about AI, right? When you just download, upload your consciousness and then put it on a USB drive. Mm, we've not talked about AI all in the show. <laughs> not... Uh, but currently, currently, the big drive is around digital art. <clears throat> okay. What is keeping me from just copying and saving these images or whatever to my own computer? Nothing. And see, that's one of the big drawbacks of 
NFT artwork is that number one, to even see what you're buying, all of it's listed online. I listed, uh, you know, previously all the different board ape yacht club things. There's, you know, thousands of those. I can right click and save that to my computer and I could put it as my, uh, my, uh, Profile. profile picture and you know anywhere else and there's i mean you probably could like sue me and tell me to stop it but like are you gonna waste that kind of money to sue somebody on the internet only for it to happen a thousand other times mm -hmm. that you're not even aware of like you might own some digital rights to this but at the same time all pictures on the internet are essentially stolen <laughs> Yep. Uh, were you done? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What is the point of NFTs? All right. Well, like it. <laughs> let me see how to put this correctly. <laughs> it's. It doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's it's the it's the stepping stone to something with a point. Like we're getting to the, to a point where this will be an important thing in our society, but not in the form that it is right now. And it's actually a pretty good thing. Um, but right now the point is mostly status related. Like we talked about is, you know, they're, they're like, you know, Tad said in the discord discussion, you know, there are some that have, you know, have clubs and clout and all this kind of thing when you get, you know, you buy a board eight yacht club thing. That means you get in the special actual club and get to do fun things, cool things, helpful things, all kinds of stuff. But at the heart of it all, it really is a clout thing. It's a, this is how I show off the money that I have or, or the influence that I have. I'm a part of this digital art thing. It's a very similar to real art <laughs> in that a lot of it's speculation. A lot of it is, uh, what somebody just thinks it's worth. Um, and it's, it's digital trading cards. You know, that's, that's all it is at the moment. And so the point at the moment is not much, but we will talk about what it can be in the future later on. Is every NFT unique? Yes and no. Most of them are like individual works of art, but there's actually nothing saying that the original artist can't sell multiple rights of a single piece of artwork. And so it's very possible that you've bought an NFT thinking that it's all yours. Mm -hmm. And then that, well, it's like, no, this is like one of 100 mm -hmm. rights, <laughs> which really diminishes it a bit because... It's all digital rights anyway, and if anybody could come and, you know, copy and paste this, like, the one thing that I had is that I own the rights, but now I'm really, it's almost just like I'm paying a subscription service along with 99 other people to technically own this when I could have used it for free. Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of diminishes the thing. But uh, most of them, I think, are usually one, you know, one for one of one situations so that they are unique. So I want to preface this question by saying that you put these together for me. I, did. I am not actually asking this. I did. I'm being forced <laughs> to say, can I steal NFTs like where I actually own it? Can I hack it? Mo. <laughs> Such devious questions here. <laughs> I can't believe you even ask this. I mean, um, so it is theoretically possible, but very, very difficult to to hack the blockchain and change the ownership. And that that's one of the draws of it, and one of the driving factors of how things are going to be in the future again is that the blockchain is is pretty pretty comfortably safe uh in that keeping these records steady and accurate uh at least as it stands right now 
pretty secure compared to any other thing that's digital. So I would say 99.9% of the time, no, you wouldn't really be able to steal the rights online. Okay. So then that leads us to what is the blockchain? So let me try and explain it in as simple terms as I can, because even I don't fully understand it when we explain it in a very deep way. But a blockchain is essentially several blocks of data that's set up in a way that each block also contains the information of the block before it. Therefore, if a block is altered, moved, hacked, or anything, it will immediately be noticeable because it will no longer contain the right information from the previous one. And so it is set up in a way that if anybody tries to uh, screw with it, like alert bells go off and things can get fixed pretty much immediately. The one, you know how Wikipedia works? <laughs> yeah, people just submit their things. People can change it and edit yeah. it, and it's set up in a way where everybody is, uh, everybody's an editor. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the way that we can still trust Wikipedia most of the time is that we know if something incorrect is put in on a page, there's going to be 50,000 people out there who see it and go like, oh, no, that's not right. Let's fix it. And so for the most part, Wikipedia is pretty accurate. And in the same way, there are, for lack of a better term, moderators of these blockchains that are constantly checking and making sure that every block matches the block before it with that digital data set. And if something is wrong, then it's corrected. And so that relies on the fact that we have people who are doing this. The only threat comes in, and the same thing happens with Wikipedia, is when we have a flood of people who are all actively trying to do the same thing and break something. So with Wikipedia, Sometimes this happens with like political people or something. We'll have thousands of bad actors come in and attack a Wikipedia page and change a piece of information on it and keep changing it every time it's corrected so it continues to say the wrong thing. If you can get 51% of people to like agree and work uh, of the moderators of the blockchain to agree and work against the blockchain, that's when hacking and stuff can happen. And that is theoretically possible with, mm -hmm. you know, the digital threats and stuff out there, but extremely difficult to pull off. And so the blockchain has with it that kind of security that's pretty much heavier than most other digital security. Not 100% foolproof, but as close to it as we've gotten so far. And so that's essentially the blockchain. Somebody here in chat, uh, Tad Hall, says it's essentially like digital DNA. Our cells have DNA, and to verify that one of our cells is ours, it has a piece of our DNA in the cell. Mm -hmm. Which is a very good... It is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Check sums and verify the data in the original piece. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Uh, so in a nutshell, them's the basics. <laughs> Uh, Toffee, thanks for that subscription. 17 months. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> so next time we're going to talk about how NFTs are mostly stupid and pointless and how they hurt the environment and how a lot of them are scams. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. This week, we are talking about NFTs. Uh, we've covered exactly what they are and went over some examples. And this time we're going to go through several of the issues with NFTs. So currently, kind of like how 
we've explained it previously. You're buying the idea of something, you're buying the rights of something, but you're not buying the actual thing when you buy like an NFT piece of digital art or something. It's similar to buying the deed to the house, but not buying the house. Like, so I, I can own your house, but I can't live in the house. That house was built by this guy, and this guy gets to own it forever because he's the creator of the house. I just have the rights to the house. You know what I mean? You understand? You get it? Author still owns the copyright. So everybody can still use it, speculation, all that. So speculation is uh, <laughs> where something is sold, and then it gets sold for a higher price, and so that becomes the worth. And then it's sold for a higher price, and that becomes the worth. And then it's sold for a higher price, and now that's the worth. And it just keeps getting resold and resold at higher and higher prices. And the issue that happens with a lot of these NFTs is the same thing that's going on in the comic book industry and the classic video game industry right now, where you have a lot of companies and corporations or even just some groups of individuals who are agreeing to pull the scam off, where they are selling, quote unquote, a comic book back and forth to each other at a higher and higher price that they may not actually ever really be paying just to get the listed price mm -hmm. higher. So a comic book that you could have bought for, you know, a couple thousand dollars one year after they've gotten hold of it, well, suddenly it's worth four million dollars. That's inflation of speculation. Mm -hmm. And there's quite a few companies right now that are in hot water because they've been caught doing this between like the CEO and CEO of the company. Like, I'm just going to sell this back and forth between you and me over the next five years. And now suddenly we can list this on our website as $4.4 million when we bought it for a thousand. Interesting. And so that same kind of thing is happening with NFTs, which I'm sure you could probably put together now that we went through all those lists of prices with the Discord discussion mm -hmm. of some of them being just astronomically high for a digital piece of artwork that's not even that good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're essentially beanie babies without the cuddliness. It is like, were you... We've talked about it before, but I don't remember. Have you, were you ever into Beanie Babies when you were a kid or a teenager? Yes, but no. Yeah. I was into them because they were a stuffed animal. I was not into them because they were a collectible item. How, were, did you collect them at all? No. So you just I mean, I couple. even tore the tag off. <laughs> so. <laughs> we Who bought, the heck wants we, a stuffed animal with a tag on it? We bought little plastic tag protectors. Yes, no. We are a different kind of people. <laughs> so my mom and I, we, we, we collected them, but not in a way to save money or anything. Or, I mean, make money, rather. Um, yeah, because you weren't saving money if you were not. No, no. But yeah, that was a... That was... There was no real value to these. Ever. But they made them valuable by purposefully making some of them hard to find, making some of them in very limited quantities. Mm-hmm just to give the impression that this was worth more. And technically it made it worth more just because there were only a few there, but there was nothing stopping them from making more. They made the choice to make them less. Like with comic books, comic books don't get reprinted 10 years later and have that same value because they had their initial run. There were, you know, 3000 of them or whatever printed way back when, most of them got sold. Most of them got destroyed. We have like 10 known copies left. Those are valuable mm -hmm. because there's only 10 left and they're from a specific time and they were a big deal back then and you can't get a new one now. Beanie Babies, I remember there was a couple that they did a second run on and there was nothing saying that they were different at all. But for some reason, the first run was worth a little bit more than the second run, even though they were identical. Why? <laughs> <laughs> because they said. 
I bought and Funko Pop had this problem too with just a couple. I paid forty bucks for a reverse flash Funko Pop that they only sold at the Dallas Comic Con one year. Mm-hmm. Fast forward like six years, they released the exact same Funko Pop. Not a single difference. Exact same Funko Pop in stores normally for the 12 bucks that they cost. Yeah, but you bought it for 40 Right. <laughs> At the Comic-Con. I actually had to pay somebody to do it. So it was $40 See? plus the 20 extra dollars so you bought that the I paid that guy. plus the story. Right. But <laughs> but there's nothing different about it. And so in the end, I feel like an idiot. And who's a bigger idiot, I think, in my mind, is the guy that bought my original one <laughs> for, for $80 <laughs> that I then used to buy the newly printed cheap one that was exactly the same and looked exactly the same on my shelf. And then several other Funko Bops with his money. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't understand the the way we get to the point where we think these are super valuable when there's nothing really of value behind them. It's just us wanting them that makes it valuable. Beanie Babies, of course, busted pretty famously. To the point where they are the comparison to everything that's a trend like this. They busted very famously when everyone's like, you know what? These aren't valuable. <laughs> and suddenly they weren't. <laughs> uh, now, our Discord bud, uh, Mist, shared with us struggles with the environment. Uh, the environmental issues with NFTs. So I actually have an article here. I don't fully understand everything, so I'm going to try and read this article and explain the situation. So again, we talked about how non-fungible tokens use blockchains uh, to help certify ownership of assets. NFTs hold specific information that make work a bit make them work a bit differently from cryptocurrencies. Most importantly. You can't replace an NFT with a similar NFT because they're non-fungible. Any Bitcoin is worth the same as any other Bitcoin, so it's not an NFT. So we talked about that, too. Most NFTs use the Ethereum blockchain to transfer ownership. When someone buys an NFT on the Ethereum blockchain, they send uh, Ether, which is the cryptocurrency, to the current owner or the marketplace supporting the transaction. And in return, they receive the NFT in their little digital wallet. Part of that payment includes the gas fees or service charges associated with the transfer. And those fees go to the owners of the network of computers used to confirm the transactions on the blockchain. So if you own an NFT, it's like owning the rights to a collectible or a piece of art. It's practically impossible to stop anyone from making a digital copy of a publicly displayed JPEG or video file. Owning the rights, however, is more like owning the original painting by the artist, while the copies are more like owning a cheap poster print, even though you're not technically owning the original copy. <laughs> the original is valuable. The print is practically worthless, but only because we're making them valuable and worthless. So the environmental challenge for NFTs is one uh, that the entire crypto industry suffers from. So as we mentioned, majority of NFTs use the Ethereum blockchain, which uses a proof-of-work system to confirm each new block. So that means all of the computers on the networks, which are known as miners, like, like mining, mm -hmm. race to solve a complex problem. The first computer on the network to solve it receives the right to confirm the block and collects the gas fees associated with each transaction in the block as well as a reward. It's like Monopoly, where you own Boardwalk. <laughs> as the price of Ether climbs and gas fees increase, the value of solving that problem in the proof-of-work system also increases. So as a result, miners are incentivized to invest in more computer power which draws an increasing amount of energy from the power grid. So did you ever hear like with the, the beginning of Bitcoin that you would mine for Bitcoin? Like you could earn Bitcoin by mining. No. So they talked about this in like the Big Bang Theory, I remember, where they had remembered like that was when Bitcoin like hit that, that big 
jump in like its value mm-hmm. and like one Bitcoin was worth like a million dollars or something for a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And so the story was, hey, didn't we mine some Bitcoin a few years ago? And essentially, it's just letting your computer do a whole bunch of work. Now, that is where the uh, environmental impact comes in. Mm-hmm. That energy comes from sources that emit greenhouse gases or otherwise harmful to the environment without anything to offset it. And it, of course, negatively affects the environment. But determining how NFTs specifically infect the environment is a bit tougher to figure out. NFTs represent a small portion of transactions on the Ethereum blockchain. It's unclear whether they're They've meaningfully moved the needle in terms of the amount of computer power that the miners are having to add to the network. Um, Although it's likely NFTs have a non-zero impact as they have some sort of impact, it might not be as big of an impact as the broader adoption of cryptocurrencies has been in general. Um, But it's worth talking about and worth figuring out. And so... There are some ways that NFTs are trying to become a little more environmentally friendly. First, uh, there's a move within the crypto space to use more renewable sources of energy for mining. Uh, But that poses its own problems of continued pressure on the electric grid and how renewable energy could be used for more appropriate things like keeping people's lights on and heat and stuff like that. Other options involve changes with the underlying technology for UFT, uh, NFTs. Using a, a blockchain that relies on more energy-efficient proof-of-stake system can cut consumption and greenhouse gases uh, emissions. But all of this would require a lot of cooperation in changing how things are done. And I think we've seen with just general like global warming or climate change initiatives, we can't all get on the same page and we can't all agree to what we're going to do. And even if America gets to a point where we're doing this, other countries aren't going to agree. China is never going to do what we've done to help the environment. Uh, And they've pretty much blatantly said this many times. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be able to get everybody on the same page. And that's the kind of overall problem with environmental issues. Uh, no matter what they are. Um, let's see. The issue with NFTs is that, and we'll talk about this with the next segment, is that they're not going to go away. And in fact, we're probably going to be using this more and more. So we're going to be using more and more computer power. We're going to be causing more and more strain on the power grid, needing more and more electricity, which, of course, most of our electricity actually still comes from fossil fuels one way or another. And... There's just, as we're moving towards a more digital focused society, it's going to come with its own environmental impact that we're going to need to atone for. (laughs) We're going to need to figure out, uh, which America at least is not terrible at. We, we do have, we have made some strides and some changes and we are, on the the front ends of changing some things, electric vehicles being one of them, the issue with that currently is still all of our electricity that we get still comes from fossil fuels. So even buying a uh, an electric car right now and not using gas still doesn't have that big of a change on the Im- uh, impact on the environment yet. But it's worth uh, it's worth a discussion. It's worth not just ignoring Mm. before the problem gets too big. So that's the basics. Okay. That's the basics. Um, Another issue with NFTs, which I'll try and be quick on, is uh, rug pulls. So this would be the scam side of things. Now, as I told you before, a lot of these NFT artworks are just like one design. Mm Mm-hmm. That they repeat a thousand different ways, mm-hmm. color changes, facial expression changes, different hats, different shirts, these kind of things. There are a huge number of what we call rug pools happening right now. And that is where somebody gets in the cryptocurrency uh, 
world, you know, joins this, the reddits and joins the discords and, you know, becomes popular and then says, Hey, I'm working on a new NFT right now. And what they've done is they've hired somebody from Fiverr or some artist friend that they know to quickly come up with a hundred to a thousand of these kind of things based on some animal, or they might be a slight rip off of, of another NFT. Or in one case, there was the funky ape yacht club which simply took all the bored ape yacht club images and then flipped them to where they're facing the other direction. <laughs> and because they've built up their credibility in the community just by being in it and talking and, you know, all this being friends with these people, mm -hmm. they get all these people to jump in on the ground floor and buy them for hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, get the big ones, get the expensive ones, we're the first ones to buy it, and then we can resell them. And they've made, a, the people that, uh, that started this make a quick $3 million, and then they pull the rug out. They disappear, they're gone, they're off Ethereum, they don't exist anymore. And everything that was just bought is worthless. And they made off with $3 million. This is happening a lot because there's, there's pretty much no way to tell if this is a legitimate, um, like artist and legitimate set of NFTs, or if it is a fake or copied or literally, it could be a legitimate set of artwork, but again, only produced for a quick sell and run. So that's the danger. And so if you're going to get into NFTs, you have to stick with ones that have been around for a while to feel safe. But that also means you're not taking risks to get on the ground floor of new ones that might eventually really be worth a lot of money. Okay. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. You want to make a set of NFT moves? Mm. NFTs? No. <laughs> Different faces of Mo. Mm -mm. I could just pull a bunch of different faces that you've made from our Twitch streams <laughs> and sell them each. We can make a ton of money. Currently, I'm giving you the unenthused Mo. <laughs> I am not here. Give me NFTs. about five more minutes and I'll give you the sleeping Mo. Oh, well, now that I'm done telling you about one, why NFTs are the worst, next up, we're going to tell you why they are the future of most things. So this week we were talking about NFTs, and last time I listed all the reasons NFTs uh, suck, but, <laughs> but the hope is that they won't always. So this time we're going to be talking about how NFTs might be the future of everything. Uh, so I'm getting a lot of this uh, information from an article called The Future of NFTs by Max Petrusenko. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so NFTs could be the future of literally everything. Uh, but there are two sides of that story. So let's see that the tech of NFTs and what their true purpose is going to be, such as passports, licenses, credit cards, medical records, real estate, gaming, all of that. Um, so a lot of that is called soul-bound NFTs. So like a driver's license, you can, like we said with the blockchain, is that these blockchains are set up to where it can pretty much validate that everything is accurate and true. It's not fake. It's not a phony. You are who you say you are, so no one's stolen your ID, no one's stolen your identity, because we can prove that this information is accurate based on the previous block in the chain. It carries a piece of the truth with it as far as it goes. And so with driver's licenses, diplomas, certificates, any kind of proof of anything about your identity, NFTs can be the cure to identity theft. That's worthwhile. Sure. <laughs> it makes my head hurt. I understand. <laughs> Uh, brands can use NFTs to incentivize in real life transactions, uh, leveraging creators to drive traffic to storefronts. Um, 
the example we give here is like Yeezys can have an NFT that airdrops with it purchases from uh, stores that NFT can unlock an exclusive feature or exclusive sale uh, or you can it can essentially be a way to get something special that is digitally collected connected to you so you don't have to like do things in person um, like a special feature on a, on a car like you have a car you want to unlock a special feature you can purchase an NFT for that that'll unlock it it'll be connected to you forever mm -hmm. you can buy a new car of the same brand you still have that feature unlocked on the new car because you've purchased this ability and it'll always okay. be tied to you um, rewards brands can drop unique uh, quests within communities rewarding completion with nfts and this could be anything from completing a questionnaire to referring members into the community to attending events and you get some sort of digital prize because of it um, you can have real estate now that's another like scam issue that's been coming up in the recent years where there's a way for people to actually like steal ownership of the deed to your house like it's a it's a complex identity theft kind of scam but it is happening hmm. and it's very difficult right now to reverse it because there's no there's not a lot of like laws in place to figure out how to to reverse it mm -hmm. like it's kind of a well it says they own it right what do we do about that um, so real estate proof of ownership royalties all of that could be good use cases for NFTs because again the blockchain mm -hmm. technology proves it's yours it's very difficult to break that um, content submission users who submit content like short form videos reviews tutorials uh, in exchange for NFTs it's a marketing flywheel uh, rights can be programmed into contracts so that the use of the uh, contributors content in advertising could yield future profits so like we talked about like stealing images on the internet is a common thing mm -hmm. if you're able to tie your content to an nft uh the future could possibly hold that when it's used it'll be visible and so like you'll know if your your image is being used somewhere else and you will make money off of it even if that image was taken like stolen or you know used without permission mm -hmm. and so it's like you'll still have royalties coming in at any given point and they'll be tied to you instead of someone else taking it okay protecting artwork sure uh <laughs> there's like lending and uh borrowing against assets and stuff like that um splitting up your assets all of this it basically just solidifies all these kind of transactions into things that can be almost uh fraud proof scam proof uh r d brands and creators can exchange nfts for insights on product development uh, pain points marketing claims roadmaps uh, the NFT can unlock early access to product releases and potential profit sharing. Brands can track and maintain key relationships through these NFTs. Uh, and then education and customer support. Upon demonstrating exceptional knowledge of a brand's product, users can receive NFTs in exchange for onboarding newbies into the community, providing support. Uh, this can be ex exponentially more impactful than a brand employee doing the same. So essentially like... If you want to kind of be an ambassador for a brand that you really like, we talked about Dome Doc. You yeah. know, <laughs> I want to be a, an ambassador for Dome Doc and tell people about it and bring people on. I can be rewarded with NFTs in exchange for that as a semi form of payment, even mm -hmm. though I'm not an employee mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, but then there are some other NFT problems. Um, one, the whole NFT thing could collapse mm -hmm. before we get to that point. Mm -hmm. uh, the bubble could burst and we never get there. Um, two, using NFTs to like 
prove copyright ownership isn't necessarily something that we need. Like DMCA already does pretty good at, at getting like audio and video copyrights taken down from most places. Like that's already kind of happening and it's already working pretty well. Mm -hmm. It's not working so much with just static images, but at the same time, most of the time those things aren't really going to be making you more money anyway. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are taking the safe route, especially businesses taking the safe route of just purchasing like a subscription to an image website where they can just use everything. Or even like Canva. Canva has a bunch of free photos you can use. And then if you have a monthly subscription with them, you have just a backlog of thousands and thousands and thousands of photos to use. It's getting more and more common that photo subscription is just like streaming in that you pay one price, you get everything mm -hmm. instead of buying a right to a specific image. That's becoming less common already. So that kind of stuff might not necessarily need to exist. And pretty much half of the things that I listed in the future is rewards, rewards based, mm. getting an FT as a thank you or a different form of payment. And while cool, not necessary. Mm. Other ways to do that, other ways to reward someone. So the only real solid draw is that kind of security with your personal information. And that doesn't necessarily need to uh, exactly be the NFT and exactly be the blockchain, but something similar to the blockchain is going to be the future of this kind of digital security. Mm. Because it is, again, currently at least the the strongest kind of cybersecurity that we have in that it would take a huge coordinated effort to alter it, mm. divert it and steal information, stuff like that. Um, so with all of that, we're left in a situation of knowing what we have now and how that seems to already be going downhill in popularity. So like I said, this was NFTs really kind of rose to popularity during COVID times. And I think some of that was just flooded by the fact that we were all stuck at home more mm -hmm. and we were all on the computer more and we were all doing a lot more things digitally. And now that that is starting to drift and starting to go by the wayside, people are getting a little bit less and less enthused about things that are solely digital. Mm. Like think about the metaverse. We talked about the metaverse thing mm -hmm. um, several months ago, mm -hmm. uh, really at the tail end of COVID as things were coming out and we were getting back to normal. Yeah. I've not thought about it <laughs> since I've not desired to do it since I thought it's really cool and it probably will be, but like, once the world got back going and we're doing things in real life again, once I'm going to the movie theater again, instead of having to stream everything like, mm -hmm. you know what? I want something, a little, I want something tangible, right? I don't want non fungible. I want tangible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that the desire for reality, uh, coming out of COVID might actually work against NFTs or the metaverse. Um, Mark Zuckerberg tweeted a, a picture of his metaverse character and just this terrible looking Eiffel Tower behind him with just like, there's, it looks, it, it looks worse than Nintendo 64 graphics, you know? And he got reamed for this online all over the place. Like this is the state of the metaverse right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I think everybody's feeling that he's yeah. like, like when we were at home, we were desperate for anything that made us feel like we were a little bit out in the world when we were all stuck with COVID. Mm -hmm. And now that we've all finally decided we're done, we're done with the COVID stuff. I don't care if it's still out there. We're done. Mm -hmm. That's going away. Yeah. And so I, I, I do have fears that what could be good with NFTs, what could be good with the blockchain technology might go by the wayside 
just because we want this tangible feeling. Yeah. Whether or not it's more secure <laughs> doesn't really matter to us now. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where I don't know where that leaves us with the NFT thing. By the time this comes out, it might already be over. Who knows? Fingers crossed. We're definitely like, Mo's, <laughs> Mo's done with it. She was done with it in the first segment. Like I, this is this is too much. I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, I have I did so much research and read so many articles for this. And if someone came up to me after the show and said, "Hey, explain NFTs to me in five minutes or less," no, nope. <laughs> can't do it. Sorry for you. It's 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 deep technology, <laughs> and it takes a lot, like. Almost every article that's like explain NFTs to me, it's always a, it's always a uh, object lesson mm-hmm. to try and do it. Yeah, it's like, well, you know how when you're in Fortnite and you buy a skin for your character, imagine like that's the only skin out there. Like you bought that and now it's yours and no one else can buy it. That's an NFT. I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> It's a, it's a one of one Pokemon card. Oh, I I don't know what you mean by that and why I should care. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I get the idea and I get that there are a lot of people that are excited about it. I also get that things that are overly complicated that you can't explain in five minutes, the majority of society doesn't want to get on board. Mm-hmm. Just like Mo. Mo is representing the majority of society this week. <laughs> I don't want to get on board with this. You know, I'm also going to like just throw in really quick the whole hype of it being a one of one thing. While it sounds great, this is the only one out there and it's mine. Yeah. History has proved that being unique really isn't all it's cracked up to be. Like, truthfully, think about it. Mm -hmm. Anytime that you buy something or you make something or you create something and it is unique, it is yours, you're left with thousands of critics who are going to sit back and be like, yeah, that's garbage. Yeah, that that's not cool. That's not, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so at that point, it's all individually opinion-based. Mm-hmm. You may think that it's amazing while everybody else thinks it's crap. <laughs> and now where's the value in it? There isn't any. Or on the flip side of that, if it is popular and everybody's doing it, then it's not really all that individualistic. It's mm-hmm. like every kid in our high school who is wearing a shirt like that's like, I mean, you know, I don't follow the crowd mm-hmm. kind of message. You just like, became the okay, crowd. All, I just saw eight t-shirts that yep. said the exact same you are thing. all the crowd now. <laughs> And you're what? What? Huh? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so yeah. thank you for coming to my TED Talk this week on all things uh, NFT. I hope I didn't bore you too much. Uh, but hey, I know a lot of you just wanted to know and wanted to go through a class on them. And now we've done it. Mm-hmm. Ted Hall says, I was a nonconformist in high school. It would drive my stepdad nuts. I never, like, you know... A lot of people went through a rebellious phase against their parents or whatever, and that's uh, when a lot of us got into, like, the weird goth or skater-type mm-hmm. period that many of us go through. That wasn't my drive. Like, it was my mom that took me to Hot Topic that first time and bought me those giant jeans and things. Like, I'm just like, this is what a lot of my friends are wearing, so I'm going to wear them, too. And like, okay, it's weird, but whatever. <laughs> like, it was never a rebellious thing with me. And so I don't feel like I really got on the same level as most people. You know, I didn't understand. Like, it wasn't like, nobody understands me uh-huh. kind of thing. Yeah, it was, no, these look cool. <laughs> I'm like, going to wear them. Yeah. Like, I look so dope cutting holes in my long sleeve shirt so I can put my thumb through them. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that every athletic line of clothes 
would create shirts that have the holes in them. Because we, we found came out, up with that. We found out that that, that was pretty clever because it kept our sleeves down. And if you're running, it'll keep your sleeves down. So you don't have to sit there and fiddle with your clothes while you're running. Where's the NFT for right, that? Right. We all own a piece of that. <laughs> we own a piece of history. That's going to do it for the Back Row Morning Show this week. We air our daily morning shows exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find the weekly podcast every Thursday uh, afternoon by searching the Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast apps. Uh, we'll also love a good review and five stars. Do it and you're cool. Check out lovethynerd.com. It is positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially. I'm actively working to make LTN my full-time job, but in order to do that, I need people who will join my partner team. I have a handful of awesome folks already who help support me and my family in this ministry, and I'm extremely grateful and honored. And if you would like to join these amazing people, visit lovethynerd.com slash radiomat and reach out to me directly if you'd like. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization and your gift is tax deductible. Make sure you're following us on all the socials at the Back Row LTN and if you really want to get into the show, even literally, join us at backrowdiscord.com and watch along when we record on twitch.tv slash LTN on air. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd. The Back Row Morning Show is proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. The show is hosted and produced by Matt Coker and Megan Oaks. The show is edited by Matt Coker. Discord buds participate in the show through backrowdiscord.com. For more episodes, visit lovethynerd.com slash backrow.